Hi, this is Surya Devi, and welcome to A Voice for Love. I'm a world music artist and healer living on the unceded traditional territories of the Coast Salish people, otherwise known as Vancouver, Canada. We're going to be speaking with leaders and visionaries from around the world to talk more about what it means to be a voice for love. We're going through massive changes on the planet right now, and I believe that what the world needs more than ever are people who are aligned, heart-led, and who can speak from the soul to help usher in even bigger shifts that will elevate us all into a more harmonious and prosperous existence together. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to A Voice for Love. This is Surya, and today I'm very excited to introduce my special guest, Veronica Rose. Welcome, Veronica. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here too. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself for anyone who doesn't know you? Yeah, wonderful. So I am Canadian. I am living currently in the Toronto area, born and raised in Saskatchewan. Um, And I am a corporate leader, actually. I've been in the corporate world for the last 20 years. And for the last 15 years or so, have also had one leg in the human potential self-empowerment industry, uh, where I've worked with many clients and facilitated many coaching programs um, on, you know, self-mastery, really, um, in terms of, um, you know, rewiring the subconscious in terms of um, energetics and also emotional mastery. Um, And for whatever reason I've had, uh, you know, I've been kind of leaning towards the conversation on money and wealth. Um, I just keep kind of falling back into that, even though the work that I do and the conversations I have can really apply to any aspect of of life. Um, I just kind of keep, keep, keep coming back to the conversation of money and wealth. And so I know that we'll talk about that a little bit today, but it's interesting. It is interesting. And that's why part of the reason why I asked you to come on and we've known each other for, I don't know, a few years now. And I hope it's okay that I mentioned that, like, I know about you because of Mary A. Hall, who is this Mm -hmm. extraordinary, wonderful, divine healer who I've done so many of her programs and groups. And she, I know that you've been sort of like mentored and taught by her and that you two are very close. So you really do, like, I just really want to emphasize that you really do have this phenomenal, um, training both as a, you know, as a healer or whatever it is that you want to call it, as well as, you know, being very rooted solidly in the corporate world, which I love because that means that you can be a bridge, which is my favorite kind of person. And what I feel (laughs) like we need in the world right now, right? We need to bridge all of these different worlds. Yeah, absolutely. I know. And it's interesting because when I started initially to kind of step into this, this world of, you know, self-mastery, self-improvement, you know, self, you know, um, um, human potential, I really thought that I would just naturally step out of the corporate world. And that hasn't been my path. And it's been really beautiful because you know what needs healing more than the corporate world right so it's been it's been wonderful because I actually really enjoy my work in the corporate world and I love everything I do and so it's, it's not I'm not one of those people and there are a lot and I and I empathize with those that do but I'm not one of those people that are like I need to get out of my corporate I need to get out of the nine to five I actually love both and it's been great and you know who knows what my future holds but it's been it's been really interesting for me to be you know, a light worker, if you will, but to be that in the corporate world and also be successful in the corporate world, because often we see that as, you know, as two separate things. Yes. And that's, yeah. Thank you so much for saying all of that, because that's, 
that I've always said that I've always said, cause you know, I have a lot of people like clients who will come and they want to transition out of their jobs. And sometimes what I see is like, no, you're actually meant to stay where you are. And this can be very difficult for, you know, so-called light workers or whatever it is that you want to call, you know, people yeah. that are on this path. But, you know, yeah. sometimes we're literally like stationed in that place where we're the only person because that's exactly what that is our purpose we're meant to be there and bring a little bit of you know light and sometimes it's very incognito some people are very like you know I know some amazing people who are like incognito healers navigating different worlds that um you know and sometimes they know about what the other things that they do and sometimes that they don't. And I, and I do think it's promising that there is a lot more. I mean, I know in my own, you know, career as a wellness therapist, like I've had a lot more, there's been a lot more openings from corporations and bigger yeah. companies to invite things like, you know, um, you know, massage or meditation and yoga. And there definitely is, I think a lot of the corporate world is starting to realize the importance of things like, you know, taking care of ourselves and learning how to manage our energy because it's actually essential because the corporate world is very stressful, right? Yes. And a lot of people are exiting because they can't handle it anymore. So it, it is, it's, you know, I've been in the corporate world for 20 years and it's changed so much. And it's just, and I see that, you know, you know, and one of the beautiful things too about the pandemic is there's been so many challenging things, but the pandemic has opened up so many opportunities for the corporate world to see that, that need for the, that personal empowerment. And, um, you know, I, I see it a lot, you know, the working from home just being one example, but there's a lot of resources that are being brought into the corporate world to help people navigate the tough times. And so I, I just think, you know, I think it's, I think it's great that we cannot necessarily fight the corporate world, but also, you know, em, embrace it and, and, and see how we can bring light into it. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it is very necessary because the way that it's set up is not set up in a way for people to be able to really, you know, thrive and relax and create a, you know, it's like this go, go, go and do, do, That's do. Right. And yeah, you know, exactly. usually people do end up burning out. So you hear a lot of these stories about people who go into the healing world or the world of wellness. They were like, I was in the corporate world. I was burnt out and now I'm doing this. So I yeah. think it's great that you're able to, and I think it's perfect that especially if you actually love being there, then that's, mm-hmm. that, that means that you are, you know, where you're meant to be. So I've done some of your workshops as well. I remember I did one a, a couple of years ago and it's so funny because I was telling you I wanted to do one of the exercises again with the money. And yesterday yeah. I, I had a whole bunch of $5 bills come to me. So I knew that it was a sign and it was like, yeah, it was, yeah. So, so I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Like how, how did this idea about, you know, I mean, money is such a huge topic as you know, I've started to delve into, you know, teaching about some money stuff as well. So where, I mean, I'm like, where did the money piece come first yeah. come up for you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going to go like kind of way back. So, you know, when I was, when I was brought up, I was in a very comfortable family financially. Um, We were very comfortable. We were not, we never had any financial struggles that I recall, Um, you know, not super wealthy or anything, middle class, but um, my father grew up on a farm and, and I think that his family, you know, you know, no running water, no electricity for a while. So I think there's an element in my DNA of some money struggles there. Um, not that I saw firsthand, but you carry it with you, right? Um, and, so, and so my father, when he came out of that, he went into the corporate world and he became very smart with money um, and very, very, um, I'm going to say frugal, um, but, you know, he just did everything by the books. And so, and so he set himself up really well financially to the point where he retired in his forties, which I'm like, I'm in my mid forties. I can't imagine retiring right now, but you know, he set himself up really well, but he, to this day, he will call me on the on the phone and I, and I love him to death, but he will call me on the phone today and say, you know, proudly that he bought a shirt for $5, you know, like that's just, that's just who he is. And, and so he was very conscientious, conscientious about 
teaching my brother and I how to be very financially responsible. And my soul just kind of rejected it. Like I just felt like it just felt so constrictive to me. It didn't feel good to me. And I, although I admire what he did for himself, it didn't feel good to me. And so when I was in my late teens, early twenties, starting to think about what am I going to do with my life? I kind of made a conscious decision that I don't want anything to do with money because it didn't feel good. Like his his, his paradigm of money that he was showing me just did not feel good to me. And that, that turned into struggles in my 20s uh, financially. And so I got to a point, you know, again, when I started to step into this world of, of you know, of, of human potential, I'll call it, um, I, you know, I was struggling financially and I was like, huh, I want to crack this code. I want to figure it out. Like I, First of all, don't want, I know that my soul is rejecting that paradigm of money, um, but I also don't want to struggle with it. Like, I want to feel ease with it. I want to feel comfortable with it. I want to have ease with making money and having money and spending money. I don't want this, this you know, this restriction now that I have of, of the struggle. And so I just really dove into primarily the energetics. I, I call it the energetics of wealth, but there's a lot of, you know, I talk a lot about um, mindset and emotions as well that we'll talk about, but really just trying to understand, well, what else is available to us if it's not this typical paradigm that we've been seeing, um, you know, it, it, which is, which is, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to call it out as a, more of a masculine structure of, of finances that we've had up until this point. Um, and so it's been, you know, probably a 12 long journey of for myself personally, just diving into the energetics, the mindset, the emotions, and then the action. Like I kind of call it, I kind of talk about it being in four buckets of, of, of mastery of, of money in a feminine sense. And the beautiful thing is that there are so many women now that are embodying a feminine paradigm of wealth that we have examples now of something different that I didn't have when I was, you know, coming into my twenties and looking at, okay, well, what's out there, what's available to me to experience a comfort and ease and, and, and enjoyment with money and wealth. Yes, I love that. And thank you for sharing. And I and I love everything that you shared, even just about your family, because that's such a big part of it, right? It's like generational wealth. And we really have to look at where did we get some of these ideas from? And like you said, some of them come from the examples that we actually saw from our family. And then some of them come from the people that maybe we didn't know, like the ones that come before it. It's funny. I have a similar thing with, with my dad. My dad grew up in Saskatchewan on a farm. My grandmother had eight children and she was widowed very young, um, left with these, you know, eight children. But I grew up with my dad. So we were actually fairly comfortable growing up, but money was always a source of stress in my home, like always. But my dad would always tell us, you guys are so much more fortunate than I am because I had nothing. Like I, right. you know, we were looking for food. We were like, you know, trying to figure yeah. out how to feed eight kids every day with like a mom who I don't even know how she survived. Like it's honestly, it's like, I think about it. I'm like, how, how did, you know, I guess but people just do it. You know, they, yeah. Right. They yeah. just do it. They just work it out. So this is all part of the money story. But I would love for you to go into a little bit more and talk about, so what are the feminine principles of wealth just for people? Because this might be a little bit new to some people. So I'd mm -hmm. love for you to share a bit about that. Yeah, perfect. So, um, you know, I, I really like to start this conversation by saying that this is not about divisiveness, right? Like it's just in the same way that, you know, we could have the light workers in the corporate world. I don't, you know, it's really important that we're not seeing a, like a divisive polarity between the masculine feminine. We, we really thrive when we have a, a really healthy integration of both the masculine and the feminine. Um, and what's, I think what's happened for a lot of women and it's, is that it's been so masculine for so long that we've, 
that in order for us to, you know, feel, find a way to pursue success, we have felt like we've had to become masculine. Um, So when you think about, you know, think about the corporate world in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and the the monetary structure that we've had, it's been very masculine. So when we think about masculine, it's very um, intellectual, it's very logical, it's all about reasoning, it's all like one plus one equals two, and what's the logical path um it can be assertive it is it can be dominant uh when we think about feminine it's more instead of intellect it's wisdom it's intuition it's creativity um so when you think about you know how a lot of us were raised it's like okay you go to school this is the logical masculine path right you go to school you get this degree if you want to make this amount of money then you, you follow this I love the beautiful light there that you have going on. I just took a little <laughs> screenshot because I was like, whoa, there's like this. I mean, we, we, I won't have the, 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 I'll take a picture and like post on my Instagram stories, but it's like, this has happened before when I've done podcast interviews. Um, sometimes with the guest, I did, um, uh, um, what's her name? Uh, Tiffany, my friend, her, she's a wonderful singer, Dorje, the, the singing shaman she's called, but she had this amazing blue light around her. The whole interview, it was like, wow. <laughs> So this is, but this tells us to me, I mean, I know it's the light, but I also feel like this is what we're talking about. We're yes. talking about bringing light into these areas that are maybe, exactly. you know, and, and exactly like you said, like the masculine is definitely more sort of structured and logical. And then, yeah, like we have all of these incredible examples of, I was just listening to a great webinar the other night about it, like just women who are just so jazzed up, like they're already making the money themselves and really passionate about helping other women to step into this new paradigm of wealth. Because I think this could be a total game changer because women by nature are, you know, we are generous. We think about the community. We don't just, you know, that's why in third world countries or developing countries, sorry, um, you know, they will often do these loan programs where they give the money to the women because they know that if the money is given to the women, they will take that money and start a business that will feed the family and pour back into the community where unfortunately like sometimes the you know the men will drink it away or gamble it away not always of course you know and I love thank you so much for 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 saying not the separation because I think that not the divisiveness I think this is such a big theme on the planet right now like we just have to get beyond this this or that black and white either or male or feminine and like realize that there's overlap between everything and that we have to kind of expand our minds and our hearts to be able to look at things in a in a more open way and that it's not always this like cut and dry everything which is also very feminine I would say (laughs) yeah exactly yeah Yeah. that's true yeah yeah well when you think about a mother right they're very nurturing right and so you imagine a world where where money is in the hands of more women and it's not about taking it away from the men but like you know let's have more of an equal balance and how beautiful that could be if you have it in you know and I and I I have you know my one-on-one coaching program right now I call it benevolent wealth because I really I really love the idea of like what's the most benevolent path for me what's the most benevolent path for you what's the most benevolent path for the work that I'm doing the service that I'm bringing to others and and for the for the world right so it's like it's about that highest that highest level of benevolence um, and so when we think about the feminine and it's nurturing and it's in it and, it, and it, it's you know caring and it's upbringing and it's like how can we shift wealth into that paradigm instead of maybe where it has been and again this is not about men versus women there are a lot of men that have that nurturing aspect too and there are a lot of men doing amazing things in the world but there has been an imbalance and so how do we how do we kind of bring that balance back yes absolutely and I and I and I just I just love that and I 
And I think it's, it's, it's so important and it's so, it's so necessary. And I think it's part of the kind of changing paradigm of the world right now is that we have been in this patriarchal rule for so many thousands of years now. And we've seen where, and again, we're not, we're not downing all men or anything like that, but we've just, we've seen where this has gotten us, which is at this point in the world where, you know, we have some serious environmental issues that we're facing. Like we were, you know, somebody just said yesterday that they were watching a science show that said like, oh, humanity is doomed in 50 years or something like that, which I don't know if it's actually true, but this is honestly, we don't think about this a lot, but we are really faced with these types of, you know, challenges and struggles. And as, you know, mothers and people thinking about the future generations, it's like, okay, like, what are we going to do? And and the only answer is, well, not the only answer, there's lots of answers, but one of them to me is getting money into the hands of people who are compassionate. And I love that word benevolent, by the way, I used to, that was what I wanted to call, um, I did sort of call, I didn't really start an actual record company, but for years, that's what I would say, this is the name of my record company it's a very buddhist word but it's like benevolence right it's like kindness it's like you know and it's just this idea of like everything that we do is coming from this place of you know of service or from the heart or out of kindness for other humans in life right yeah yeah exactly and so i was you know i was in i i think i shared with you off off of this conversation outside this conversation that i was in um i was in meditation about a year ago and i was like why money like why do i keep getting drawn back to money because when you think about money it's not you typically don't think of it as being like a noble cause. Like, shouldn't we be focusing our energy on other things like, you know, feeding the hungry and, and, you know, and whatnot. And, but what came to me in that download in that moment of the meditation is that is exactly what we're talking about here is that there's this new paradigm of wealth for women that is being birthed on the planet right now. And those of us who are, who are feeling drawn to this conversation are being invited to be the ones that are birthing it, right? So as we tap into a new paradigm of money and wealth and we discover it for ourselves, we're creating opportunities for women to experience money and wealth in a different way. And so if you are somebody who's listening that has had has experienced challenges with money and you feel like we tend to make ourselves feel wrong for that, when in fact, like what if you're just putting, you know, a, a, a square peg in a, in a round hole right like we you know it's kind of what I was talking about earlier where I felt like that the the experience that I was being shown of money just didn't feel good to me and so our challenges for money a lot of times can be that instead of us tapping into uh, you know our intuition and our wisdom which can reveal to us our path for money we're trying to make ourselves fit into something it just doesn't feel good and so it doesn't work and so that's why we struggle we don't make money and we you know we have a lot of angst and overwhelm and, and just and and confusion about it because we just haven't allowed ourselves to tap into okay a new path and and again the beautiful thing now is that there's so many women out there even in the last two or three years that we didn't have examples 10 years ago even of women who are who are experiencing like significant you know financial wealth millions of dollars hundreds of thousands of dollars every year um, through paths that would that in a masculine structure would tell us are completely impossible yes and and i love it i i just i love it and i, I was just thinking about even how with your dad, it's like, so he broke one generational pattern because he broke the going from the, you know, even though he was working hard, but, you know, he went a level up in his many levels. It sounds like if he was able to retire by the time he was 40, you know, so he, he broke that sort of generational pattern and moved out of that into something else. And then here you are. So you can take the wonderful example from his hard work and all of the good lessons that he has to pass on for you. And then also say at the same time, okay, I like this. I'm going to take this piece, but I'm also going to evolve it into this because this is what you know 
feels right to me, which the whole feeling piece is the whole feminine thing, right? It's like, that's what makes it is like, we tend to work intuitively. So we go off of, well, this feels right, or this doesn't feel right, or, oh, I'm going to do this. And so that can be very difficult for the masculine paradigm to understand because everything is like so logical. And so like, you know, but really that's what we're doing as women, right? It's like, we feel deeply into things and then we kind of move from that place. How does it feel? Is this, you know, so it's, it's very different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so that's so insightful of you because I've had that thought before too. And I've kind of like gone into, you know, a meditative state, thought about my lineage, right. And thought about my, and, and thought about that evolution financially and how my, my father did take it to one level and now I'm taking it to another level. So that's really, that's beautiful. Well, I, I it's, um, it was sort of in my mind because when um, a woman, I actually know her personally, but she's become, since I've known her, her name's Jessie Johnson and she's got, she's made a multi-seven figure business for herself now, um, coaching, working with spiritual entrepreneurs, helping them to make money. And she says that a lot. She's like, I am the first millionaire in my family. Like I have broken this, you know, and she talks about how part of, and I've heard of, I've heard other people speaking about this as well. And this can be very valid. And it goes back to what you were saying about the feelings about how she had to get over this whole thing of being more of a financial earner than her father was, for example, or her parents. And that she completely surpassed, you know, I was on a mastermind call with somebody who was sharing that she had just made $70,000 that month in her business. She'd had a $70,000 month. And when she told her parents, they were just like, what? It was like, they couldn't even, they couldn't even wrap their head around it. First of all, that she had made that much money. And second of all, that she had made that much money in her spiritually based business. I can't remember what her exactly product or service was, but it was, and we are seeing this more and more. We are seeing these women, spiritually based entrepreneurs having five, six figure months, seven figure, multiple seven figure businesses, like even eight figures. Like this is just that, that eight figure thing always confuses me. I'm like, I'm like, where where are we going? It's like, so I'm like, what, what am I like, does that mean billions or does that mean you've just crossed into like the double digits of the millions? I yeah, think yeah, is what it means. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I'm always like, what, what does this mean? But I mean, yeah. this is, this is, it, this is phenomenal. And if you look at the why of why most of these women are doing it, they have a deeper reason behind it. It's not just like, Oh, I want It's part of it. Of course, like living their own life, the way that they want to live, however that may be, but usually there's some desire there to, to serve. And so going back to what you said, cause I, I went through the same thing when I was sort of guided to start working around money. I was like, Oh man, like, I don't want to be another one of these people on the internet, like talking about money and then why money, but the downloads and the information that I've gotten about how important and profound this work is. But even like what you said, did you catch what you said? You said, shouldn't we be feeding the hungry or feeding the homeless? <laughs> well, how do we feed the homeless? We need money. You know, we need, yes, yes, the food is there, but the food at some point came through. And so this is a lot of the, like I just finished creating a little, a little mini course. And one of the modules is about how we have projected onto money and how we need to take back all of these projections because money is just a neutral form of exchange. But because of our various experiences growing up and our programming and all of this, all of these things, we've made money into all of these different things that it's probably not even like, it's actually all it is at the very heart of it. It's just a form of exchange instead of saying like, Hey, I'm going to trade you my cow for those two goats or like here, I'm going to give you a bucket of cherries in exchange for your zucchinis over there. Like we just, you know, created this thing like here, I'm going to give you five bucks and you give me this thing, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and the beautiful thing too about money, unlike most things in life is that you know, it actually, like to your point, it's a form of healing. And so we project all all kinds of stuff onto it. 
And it's something that we are experiencing every day. You know, there's money coming in, going out. We're looking at what we have, what we don't have. So every, you know, every time we have those, 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 experiences with money or those moments with money it's a it's an opportunity for us to lean into the healing that's available to us and to the next level of you know of of our path that's available to us so it's just there in every moment yes and thank you for saying that because that's that's what I realized after I kind of got through my resistance and I started getting into it I realized that this work is no different than all of the work that I've always done and taught anyway. It's just that we're lasering in specifically on money. And funny enough, there are so many triggers and so many beautiful pieces there for us to expand on. And now like, you know, this because of the work that you do and you've been trained in. So when the trigger is there, that's actually our opportunity for a huge breakthrough or to discover something. But most people, what happens is when they feel a trigger or something uncomfortable, they want to run away from it. Right. Or they're like, Oh, I don't like, that and then this builds up even more layers of resistance but then when we actually learn that like that that it's like alchemy the way I look at it is you know we can yes. take that uncomfortable feeling or whatever it is that we're feeling and then look at it and really shine a light on it and then wow we can transform it and then usually there there's something really powerful for our growth or transformation and in many cases like it's actual money like I want to say I remember when I did your when I did your workshop you were I can't remember exactly what the what it was. But I remember by the time that I finished your workshop, I'd had, I don't know, like an extra $5,000 come to me, like in that, just because we were focusing on it, we were working around it. We were like, and it was like the way that it even happened. I like literally almost ran into one of my clients. She almost ran into me in her car. And she's like, Oh my God, I've been thinking about you. Like I need you. And she bought like a big package for me and like all of this stuff. So this stuff works. Like it, it works. Does work. The, the, it the does energetics work. of money, right? Like it, it literally works. So I, yeah, I would love if you have any, I love sharing, like sharing these kinds of stories for people. So like, cause they're really motivating. So if you have any stories about either your own breakthroughs or like client breakthroughs, I would love for you to share that. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I, have, yeah. I mean, I have so many and like, look, I, you know, I will, I will declare that I'm not, you know, a multimillionaire who's like flying on private jets. Right. But, um, and so, and so it's, I think it's also always healthy to look at, well, what is our definition of wealth? Right. And may, may, who knows, maybe one day I will be, but I, you know, I it just, be fully transparent I am I'm you know I make multiple six figures and I have a ton of ease with money and so that's for me that's you know what I would wish for everyone is to just have that ease and that comfort but you know I will say that I've you know I've never taken a business course in my life and through it's 100% through energetics that I've been able to get myself to a place in the corporate world I play with energy all the time in the corporate world I've been able to get myself to a place where I you know I have a very very um very comfortable uh experience at work and I have a very uh, joyful experience at work and I am compensated really really well and it's 100% through what I call playing and playing in the energy of what you desire um and you know so one of the things that I and I think in that workshop that I I facilitated that you were part of um I talk I talked in that workshop a lot about stories right and how the stories that we tell ourselves are very revealing to the energy that we're playing in and in that workshop I actually gave an example I think of my daughter but I'm going to try to think of a, a one related to money here so um yeah. So here, here's money. Here's a money example. So several years ago, I was, even though I was making good money in my, in my corporate world, I was, um, I was, I had found, I had found myself in a place of, of significant debt. 
So I was like, you know, maxed out everywhere. And I had a lot of overwhelm and anxiety and upset about that. And so, you know, every time I went to open up my bank accounts or look at what was there, it was just like, I just felt like I was just like almost being stabbed. Like it was just like, you know, and I, you and I talk about that emotional ease around money and how we, 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 you know, I desire that for every, every woman and every being. Um, But I just like it. I just felt like I was suffocating, but I knew that, you know, from, you know, everything that I've learned and everything that I've taught that, you know, the story that I'm telling myself about that financial situation is what's causing the, the upset, but also what I'm going to create in the future, right? So if I can, if I, if I continue to allow myself to judge myself for that place that I currently am in with the, with the debt, and if I continue to beat myself up for that, then that's just creating more of that. It's keeping me in that same situation instead of allowing me to open up into a new dynamic. Um, and so, in that moment, I really had to challenge myself to question the story I was telling myself when I was feeling that angst, when I was looking at the debt. So it's tough. Like those are the really tough moments. And those are also like the catalyst moments that either can keep you where you're at or can be, you know, an opening to something greater. So in the moment, instead of beating myself up for where I was at and, you know, telling myself the stories of how, oh, my dad was right and I should be more responsible and blah, blah, blah. I had to invite myself to really examine what else could I be doing in this moment? What other stories could I be telling myself? What other questions could I be asking? And so I really, really went into a place of every time I felt that I would just change it to a question, right? Now, this is, you've heard about questioning, right? So it's not a new technique, but it's about do we actually do it in the moment or do we continue to beat ourselves up? So I moved into the question of, what is brilliant and beautiful and magnificent about this experience, which is a tough one to go into because you're, you're, you're feeling upset. You're feeling embarrassed. You're feeling, you know, all of the things, but I just really forced myself and I I'll call it forced things. I had to force myself into a different energy. I forced myself into that question instead. And so every moment that I felt that angst, that overwhelm, I would, push myself into the question, okay, what's beautiful about this? What's brilliant about this? What possibly could be great about this? Like, let's assume that everything is happening for my benefit as it is for everyone. What could be beautiful and brilliant about this? And and the more that I would challenge myself to move into that question, first of all, this ease would fall, fall into my body, right? It's like, okay, there's, there is something wonderful about this, even if I don't consciously know what it is. Um, but it also started to open my mind up to receiving awarenesses and awarenesses about this conversation we're having today. Like, well, what if my experience um, of, of this debt could actually help me relate to people so that when I'm going out and talking to people about, you know, these tools and techniques and processes, I actually have stories that like the real life stories where I feel that angst I feel the overwhelm I know where you've been um, and so that I can relate to people right so so the energetics like when you talk about energetics you know the energy that you're feeding by how you feel so anytime you feel angst and overwhelm you're feeding a story you're feeding it you're, you're putting out an energy an energy that you don't want to be putting out because it's not in alignment with your highest desires. Anytime you feel good and light and blissful and and at ease, you're now shifting into the energy to creating what it is that you desire. So when you can find those moments where it's like, I'm in angst and overwhelm and upset and whatever it is, and I can shift it into something lighter. Now you're shifting the energy, which creates the opening of something different that is more in alignment with what you truly desire. 
Uh, yes, yes. And I love that. And this is what I always say. And I know this from my own journey. And also I always say it to other people too. Like I liken it to like strength training or like when you're working out, like if you wanted to develop muscle mass or lose weight, you wouldn't just like show up once and expect it to happen. No, you would know that you have to create some kind of consistent patterning. So when we repattern the mind and the emotions and the energetics, it's the same thing. You have to keep doing it. And it's moment by moment practice because your mind is going to want to go and sink into the, oh, no, like in beating yourself up. And actually, I think it's Mary who said this. Um, She said once, like with debt, realize you can also look at it from the place of whatever debt that you have means that people or whether the credit card companies or the universe trusted you enough to give you that money, right? That like, right, if you're, right. you know, you know, cause I, I mean, I, I know I've of course dealt with debt as everybody has, but mine has never yeah. been like that high. But like, I know people who have had like significant debts. Like I'm talking like, like six figure debts, like crazy debts and, and gotten some, themselves out of it as well, which is very impressive. And the interesting thing is, is that all of them who acquired that large debt, most of them did because they actually also had the capacity to generate those large amounts of money as well. And then they flipped it. So it's just kind of like a game. And I love that you say play in the energy because what happens a lot is that we, we panic and then shame is a big one with money. There's so much shame tied into money, whether it's like, you know, we don't have what we want, what we think we should have, or we're not making what we think we should make. And, and there is so much as well. I want to also speak to that because this is something I've looked at as well and had this conversation with many, many friends of mine. Um, all the things that we learned from the times in our life when we maybe didn't have the money or the resources that we needed and we had to become very resourceful and creative in order to um, to get what we needed. And not only that, then the, the magic of the universe kicked in to bring us what we needed, exactly what we needed, when we needed it. And that in itself is such an incredible experience when you're sitting there going, oh my gosh, I have no idea how I'm going to manage this. And somehow it gets handled. Somehow it gets managed. And it's like, wow. So this is there's a lot of valuable things that we can learn on our money journey, whether it's because again, and this is what we have to disconnect from is because society has told us all of these messages and we've gotten them from our families and that's why what came to me is calling it like with the money trauma healing as I called it the myth process because like it's myth is short for money trauma healing but it's a myth because this is all this is it's like it's all of these myths that we've created and these stories and then we can look at them and we can create a new story which is amazing and we were not taught this and so this is what I find so exciting is because most of us have been schooled in the paradigm of like money is hard to get money is problematic money is evil money is like all of this kind of stuff right so when we start to understand that we don't have to subscribe to those beliefs and that we can create new beliefs, like this is empowering, right? Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I just think about it too. Like, it's just like, you know, to, to what you said when, in terms of playing with energy, it's like, where am I going to shine my flashlight? Where am I going to shine my flashlight? And that's going to be what is going to be created for the future. Am I going to shine it on the, on the shame and the upset and beating myself up? Or am I going to shift it? Right. Am I going to move it over to, this is what I desire. And that's what I'm going to focus on. And there's so many tools and techniques out there. So I gave an example of asking questions, but there's just a gazillion that you could use. It's about finding the one that's right for you and being persistent and consistent with it. And, you know, the other thing about it too, that I've come to notice in my own life is like when I find myself in those struggles, um, you know, often it's because the universe speaks to us in whispers, right? And when we don't listen to the whispers, when we haven't 
made the decision that we're going to tune in and listen to, to the whispers, you know, it gets louder and louder and louder and louder and louder until, you know, in my case, I'm, you know, drowning in debt because I haven't been tuned in to, to, you know, the guidance that's been there for me. And so I have found for myself, like when I'm really committed to being, uh, you know, very, very persistent and consistent with whatever process it is, like, you know, there's no, for my, from my perspective, there's no one, you know, mm. one path. I think, I think there's, we're, we're so blessed to be in a time where there's just so many tools out there um, that we can, that we can, you know, choose to, to play and practice in. Um, but when we, when we make that commitment, for me, it's like a daily commitment of whatever it is, you know, and it changes all the time. That's when I start to notice that things really shift for me so that I can come out of debt. Like, and, and it'll, it can happen really quickly. Like it's not, again, the masculine logical of, well, I need to make this many payments every month. It's like, I, I you know, I, I prescribe instead to the inner work and all of a sudden things shift and all of a sudden I'm out of debt. And I'm like, how did that even happen? That's what actually I was going to ask you if you were open to sharing, if you wanted to share a little bit about how you resolved, how, how the debt got resolved or. And, yeah, and so, I mean, yeah. yeah. So like, I, and for me, it's like, so there's, so there, there's the inner practice. So I, you know, again, I just, it, at that time was like, okay, I'm going to do these three things every day. I'm going to do these five things. I'm going to go into all of my feelings and, you know, do forgiveness work around it. I'm going to do, you know, EFT and breath work and, you know, all of the tools whatever it is in the moment. And I'm going to, and I'm going to just really feel the feelings and I'm going to do the inner work uh, around healing, whatever that debt is bringing up for me. And then like, it literally is like, it honestly is just things that come out of the blue that, that, that you never could have planned for. You know, I, um, just before Christmas of this year, I, I received a check in the mail for a five figure check, you know, out of nowhere. And it's, and that's, it happened the December of the year before. Like, I don't know if it's a holiday thing I'm starting to manifest, but five figures is a lot. It's a lot of money to receive out of the blue. And it's, it comes just because I'm doing the inner work all the time. And it's one of those things that I would have at one point just, I couldn't even imagine it happening to me. And now it just feels so much more natural because I've, I've just been so committed to that, to the inner work that comes with, you know, just navigating the, 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 the emotions, I guess, that come with the, the money. Right. And yeah, the, the emotional piece is so important because most of, and I used to be like this. I was, I've worked so much on this, but I used to get so emotional about money. Like if it wasn't there, if it wasn't working out, if there was like a big something happening, like, especially in a, in a relationship that I, I was in, in my twenties, where we had a lot of money, I would be like on the ground, like shaking, like crying. Like it was so intense for me. And I remember my partner at the time was like, why are you so emotional about this? And I was like, I don't know. Like it was just so, you know, so I, I had to work through all that. And now I'm very neutral. Like it's very, you know, and, and I think that's the, the point it's actually not necessarily about the amount of money that you have or you don't have it's do you have ease like the word that you use around it is like ease do you just have a knowing that no matter what happens you're going to be okay and you're going to get it handled that's the real abundance because I've met and worked with a lot of people who are very wealthy and yet they have no peace or they have no peace around what they have and some of them have so much and you know 
like your dad. They're the types of individuals who have saved their whole lives, worked hard, done all the right things. They could be just enjoying what they've created and yet they cannot because they are just like in a constant state of stress about like having it, holding it. So there's all these different sort of levels. But I mean, this sort of ties into what I would love to speak to you a little bit about as well, which is like money and the nervous system. Because mm-hmm. I, I noticed with myself that um, again, because, you know, like so much for me is because we have these skills around the inner work, right? So like, I'm very observant in my own thing. And all of a sudden recently I realized, oh my gosh, like every time there's an issue with money, like I literally feel it in my body. Like I would feel this like ping, ping, like really, like it would be like a pain. And I was like, interesting. So because I know how to do the the energetic work, I started to follow it. And this has brought about some incredible shifts. And so I know, and then you mentioned to me that this is also something that you work with. So I would love for you to share anything around that because I think it's so potent and relevant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I think about, you know, I, I, I talk about kind of the different components when I, when I think about the integration of, of, um, of, of wealth and financial wealth. And I think about, you know, there's the mindset, right? So like all of the subconscious stuff that we can go in and reprogram now that we have all of the, the wisdom around that and the tools around that. Then there's the emotional component and the emotional component. I kind of think about it in two buckets. There's emotional um, resilience, which is how do you navigate those highs and lows and what are, you know, because, because to your point, like we think when we're struggling with money, we think, Oh, if we had all this money, we wouldn't have any struggles, but that, that's not the truth of it, right? I have a mentor who makes multiple millions of dollars and she says that the struggle is the same. Like, you know, you don't think it will be, but it is. Um, so it's like, how do we find a way to navigate the highs? How do we find a way to navigate the lows? Because who we are, who we're being in the highs and the lows will determine um, our future experience. So it's really, really key. But the other thing to your point about like the pings, I love how you said that the pings, like I, it's the, the emotional intelligence, like the emotions for me are the signposts. They're the, 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 the alerts, you know, when you have like a text message coming in, it's like an alert saying, okay, this is where you want to focus. This is where you want to focus. And so when we can start to look at emotions as not being something we have to like wrestle with and like, you know, live with, but rather they're actual beautiful um, indicators of where we can shift our focus. It completely changes the game. And, and again, going back to what we said earlier about money, it's just, it's perfect because the money stuff, if we're in it, it, c- it comes up all day long. And so it's like these beautiful signposts of, hey, this is where you want to look. This is what you want to lean into. This is there's something here for you. And so, you know, I remember not wanting to ever look open up my bank accounts because every time I would, it would be like there'd be like little traumas happening. Like I would just be like, I I don't want to I don't want to get a surprise that's going to upset me that something, you know, I'm going to have less money in there than I was expecting. Right. So there would be, you know, that that there would be an emotional response to that. But when you can find the tools and techniques that allow you to navigate those times and to really lean in and look at, well, what is there? Like what is happening there when I don't want to open up my bank account or when I do and I feel that that trauma, what is happening there? And when we lean into that and, and dive into that, we can, we can gain so much wisdom. There's so much healing that can happen and so much transformation and it can happen quick. Like it's happening quicker now than it did 10 years ago than it did 15 years ago. We can heal so quick. It doesn't have to be years and years of therapy. We can, you know, in, in, in hours or minutes, we can heal these things quickly. So for me, go ahead. 
No, no, no. Go, go, no. Yeah. Keep going. So for, like, for me, like I talk a lot about ease because that's what I desire. Like, I don't know that that's the same for everyone, but I just desire the ease in my nervous system. And again, you know, for me, it's breath, right? So I'm a breathwork facilitator and I love breath. I love, I love there's, and there's just so many ways that you can do breath work, but I just, for me in the moment, if I can tap into breathing and I do it even on conference calls at work, um, you know, it's just a really quick, easy way for me to regulate my nervous system. But there's so many tools out there, EFT, you know, you, you name it, there's so many ways that you could do it, but, but becoming present with your emotions, leaning into what is this telling me, what message is here for me? And then also learning how to self-regulate is just, it's just changes the game. Oh, it's a total game changer. Yeah. And thank yeah. you for saying that. Cause I say that all the time. I'm like, Oh, I've been in this, like I've been on my journey of like learning and studying and practicing the healing arts for more than 20 years. And I've studied yeah. all these different modalities. And, and at the end of it, it's like, I've almost just rejected all of it. And I just work with directly with source energy. And I just tell people you can have more of a breakthrough through sitting and breathing than pretty much yeah. anything else, because the breath yeah. is what is informing our nervous system and our body about how to manage. So we could just, and it's very simple. You don't even need to work with fancy breath work it's just you know sitting and breathing and allowing of course there are wonderful there's you know there's a lot of wonderful breath work that's specifically designed for for things but I do the same thing all the time and as a parent too like you know I follow some um, amazing. I've done a bit of parenting training with these wonderful two ladies from Australia. And that's their whole big thing too, is like, even when you're with your kids, like if you just slow yourself down and you start breathing, that's going to affect your child because we it immediately affects our energy field and our system. But that actually goes on to not just affect us, but like everything else around us. So yes, it's, it's very powerful, especially because I think for for money, it brings up so much stress for people and for so many different reasons. And then what I found, like the more I go into this work is that it's kind of leads you into these other places too. So money is like the doorway that opens and then you can find all of these other things out about your, you know, about maybe some of your shadows or some of the things that you struggle with, but they're hiding underneath. It's kind of like, you know, people say that um, people are never like, um, you know, anger is a mask for something else, or maybe sadness is a mask for something else. It's like almost like money is this mask for all of these other different feelings and emotions. So then we have to be willing to look at it, but then it's like you pull the lid off and there's like all of this stuff there, which I know for some people they're like, oh no, you know, but yeah. if you're like us, we're like, oh yes. Cause it's like, that's the jackpot. It's like, oh wow, there's this whole bunch of stuff here. I didn't even know it was there. So I'm going to like peel off that, like that cover there and I'm going to look at it. And like, this is exciting. Cause now I can clear all of the stuff that was probably blocking me. And I didn't know, but I know exactly. that, not, I know that not everyone looks at it this way, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but though for those of us that work with energy, it's a different, you know, it's a different game. And there is so there's so much energy. And, you know, there's even the thing about money that makes me laugh. Like it's about when we talk about world debt and stuff like this. I'm like, who who are we in debt to? Like this doesn't even make sense yeah. to me. Like there should there's money everywhere. Like there's money. And now with the, you know, things like cryptocurrency and all of these new like decentralized systems, like I think it's just a really exciting time on the planet for people to be able to step into creating, you know, independent wealth for themselves right 100 yeah no absolutely like it's it's just unprecedented times and so and again like to any 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 woman but anybody who's feeling like that the pinch when it comes to money but who are who's feeling really drawn to this conversation it's an invitation like it's an invitation to help be a part of you know a contribution to something new and so it's just it's really exciting time 
Yeah, it is. And because this is how we can, you know, a lot of us have these big dreams, even since we were children, we want to, we, we feel drawn to help a cause or to, you know, serve in some way. And of course, like having money. So it, I, I, I find it very ironic. And I do believe it is almost part of the intentional programming that we've received because the great irony is that we've been programmed by our systems to believe all of these negative things about money. And yet the people who created those systems are actually the people who hoard all the money. And exactly. right. So it's like, it's all backwards. So it's like, it's once the, you, once you awaken to that, that it becomes, it's almost like an act of resistance. You know, there's a lot of people that talk about like, you know, self-care is an act of resistance and all of these self-love is an act of resistance. And I would say stepping into massive wealth for yourself can also be a huge act of resistance because it makes you not dependent on the system. It makes you independent. It makes you able to live your life, hopefully in a way that, you know, and, and hopefully a lot of us that are creating, because I always say this too, it's like, there's different ways to create wealth. One way is the way that we've seen a lot of the major wealth in the world be created, which is through, you know, manipulation and shame and stealing and all of these kinds of things. But the, what we're seeing now is all of these people stepping into this massive wealth, but they're creating from a place of benevolence or they're creating from yes. a place of, you know, of, of wanting to make their life and their community's life better. Right. So it's very empowering really exciting yeah yeah and it's fun that you and I have reconnected on this topic you know we, we reconnected on it years ago and here we are again it's, it's amazing it, it is amazing and if you don't mind would you just to like wrap it up here would you because I love that and I actually don't remember how to do it either so if you would, wouldn't <laughs> mind sharing that really cool exercise because I remember that that was the, the exercise where you get the money and then you talk to it and then you because that was the I, I know it was a bunch of things we were doing in your workshop but I mentioned like for me at the time I think it brought in me taking your workshop I think it resulted in like about five thousand dollars worth of money unexpected money coming new clients all these kind of things so yeah if, if you would like to share that's such a great one yeah 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 so it's something that like when I was really like early on in my early struggles um it's something that I I started to play with and I played with it with you know a couple I think I'm sure I did it with Mary too um you know in programs with her and with with another partner I was working with we were co-facilitating some programs together and so anytime we we did we did one on money we invited participants to get a stack we call it a stack of cash get a stack of cash and so what does that look like so for me it would be um it was, I was always a, a stack of hundred dollar bills. So I would actually get American dollars so that I could have, you know, because Canadian is a little bit trickier with the coins. Um, but I would get a stack of a hundred dollar bills, but it doesn't really matter what you get as long as you, you know, get something physical because we rarely touch physical money anymore. And there's something really grounding and activating about having the real physical cash. So getting that money and then placing it in a place where you um, where you can see it every day, and we in in when we again come back to the conversation of energetics, um, tapping into the energy of that stack of cash. And so what what we would invite participants to do is to really you know say hello to the money, you know wake up in the morning and see the stack of cash and say hello and like thank you, thank you for being here and and really feeling the the gratitude that you have for that money that's there, um, and you know you can take it you know depending on how um, how deep you want to go into energetics and to, into, you know, maybe spirituality, but really, you know, starting to have conversations with money, like I trust you. And I, I, I really am inviting us to partner together more deeply. And, you know, having that type of conversation where you really think about, um, you know, what, what you want to experience from money and share that with your stack of cash. And, and, um, 
we actually would go through and we would, you know, actually like make piles of it, right? So we would we would take the dollar bills and we would pile it up one by one by one so you could get that feeling of growth. Um, and so in doing that every single day, it really, it, there's something energetic that happens that's a, a crazy activation financially. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, I just want to add, I didn't do it with $100 bills. I remember doing it with fives. And then I think I progressed to like tens and maybe some twenties by the next yeah. week. But so we, I didn't even do it with $100 bills. And it was a very, it was a, it was a good one, but it makes sense because part of it is, is like, if we associate money with something negative, something bad, something we don't like stress for me, because money was a big source of stress growing up. I realized that like, cause I'm, you know, because I'm a musician, it's almost like I feel things in terms of frequency. So when I would feel into what I associated money with, the frequency, it was stress. It was something I didn't want. So I was pushing it away in the past because I didn't want it. It was like having a friend that you don't want to come over. I guess they're not your friend, but it's like, oh gosh, I don't want that person to come over. So you know, but if you change your relationship to money and start to love it and actually like it, then it's going to come so much more because you're actually, so I love that that exercise that you, that you taught us was, it's just like that. It's like, you're, you're just getting acquainted with the money exactly. and then you can change your relationship to it inside of that. Yeah. And also notice your resistance to it or notice any feelings that come up, right? Cause those are great indications of, okay, this is where I, this is where I can focus to change the, the dynamic here. Yes, exactly. That's what it is too. Oh, yeah. Veronica, I love this so much. So please tell, please tell everyone um, where can they find you if you want to, if they want to find more about some of your offerings and all the wonderful things that you do. Yeah, thank you. So Veronica Rose and it's R-O-Z-E. Um, so on Instagram, it's the Veronica Rose. Uh, website is veronicarose.com. And then on Facebook, Veronica Rose. Wonderful. And is this, is Rose your, is that your middle name? It's my daughter's middle name. Oh. So I've changed, so I've so shared, I've, I have changed my name online so that I have a distinct, you know, personality between my corporate life and my, and this life. So uh, yeah, Rose is my, my daughter's middle name. Well, I love it. And I love that. Um, actually, my, one of my very first spiritual teachers we worked a lot with roses. We would meditate on roses and actually you can use a rose as a, well, rose is a profound metaphor, as you know, because it's got the, you know, the thorns, you know, yeah. and that those are kind of like boundaries, like leading up to this most beautiful thing. You know, the rose is praised throughout history as this Aww. most beautiful flower. And then also, um, what do we do with her? I bet we could relate this back to money somehow to turn into money meditation. <laughs> Probably. We would, um, it was called like, like blow roses. So we would like meditate on things. And if we wanted them to go away, we would like put it in a rose and then like imagine it like oh. going out with the petals like it, it was been a long time now but I've always um and I met another woman once too who did these readings based all on roses somehow she you know so I think a rose is maybe there's a maybe there is another deeper meaning there for you there. somehow probably yeah. <laughs> there always is but yeah no exactly, I like roses yeah. uh, thank you so much for coming on and um yeah I look forward to continuing the conversation and 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 yeah this work because I think it's it's so important so it is yeah yes. thank you so much for having me I really you are it. so welcome <laughs> peace everyone you've been listening to a voice for love this is Surya Devi you can find me at suryadeviworld.com thank you so much for tuning in I hope this series inspires you to discover your own voice for love so you can use it to be a force for good in your life and in the world. I wish you great joy, good health, and the courage to speak up for what you believe in. Peace.